Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. I want to preach for a while about the truth about trouble. This passage has always had an impact, a meaning, a significance. I always am encouraged whenever I read this, more so now because a few months ago, as I was planning to visit the hospital to visit a family member of someone here who was very, very sick, I was specifically asked to share this passage with them. And in so doing and being obedient to that request, found that it was very encouraging and very comforting to the person with whom I shared it. It is, I pray, comforting to all of us to know that the one who says that he is the way, the truth, and the life shares with us truth about trouble. Everybody's got something to say about trouble, but it's important to hear what the master has to say about trouble. For the master is speaking truth in this passage about trouble. Uh, He's doing it because uh, he understands that trouble is on the horizon for his disciples. Trouble is on the horizon for some of us because you and I live in a world, we live in a time when a call at 2 o'clock in the morning can turn your life upside down. A routine office visit to a doctor can become very unroutine. We live in a world where we are not really sure what will happen when our kids leave home in the morning and they come back at the end of the day. I need to know what the master, the one in whom all truth ultimately converge, I need to know what he says about trouble. This is the last portion of his discourse, the very last statement, the very last affirmation he makes to his disciples before launching into what is essentially the Lord's prayer recorded in John chapter 17. And I'm so happy that in the light of the imminency of trouble, in the light of the certainty of trouble, the master prayed then and he prays still for us. Uh, The word of God says he ever lives. Y'all know he lives right now. He ever lives to make intercession for the saints. So even when I forget to pray, 
even when I am uh, uh, not passionate about praying, even when, when my mind and heart is not compelled to pray, it's good to know right. that the Lord is praying for us. When I saw this movement in the text, I saw three things in this verse that I want to share with you, and then we'll be through. What is the truth about trouble? What, what is the Lord telling us about trouble in this passage? Number one, it's very obvious. He's telling us you can expect it. You can expect it. Uh, trouble has a universal flavor. Uh, no one is given an exemption. No one is given an exception. No matter who you are, where you live, how much money you make, who your friends are, your family pedigree, uh, no one is exempt from trouble. Amen. You and I can expect trouble. Uh, there are religions of the world that positions trouble or suffering or pain as an illusion that it is a projection of our desires. And that if somehow we could eradicate our desires, if we could somehow erase our desires, then there would be no trouble. But I have to tell you this morning that you can expect trouble. Life, one poet says, is a hollow bubble, vulnerable to the prick of every pen. And Dr. King was often fond of sharing that life is a continual stream of shattered dreams. Trouble is not an illusion. Heartbreak is not an illusion. Disappointment is not an illusion. Divorce and bankruptcy is not an illusion. Delinquency is not an illusion. Violence is not an illusion. Racism is not an illusion. You and I can expect trouble. And just because we are committed to serving the Lord, we don't get an exemption. We don't get a pass. I love that stanza in that song, the Lord will make a way somehow. But I love that stanza that says, I try to do my best in service. I try to do the very best I can. But when I try, when I try to do the best thing, or the good thing, evil's present. On every hand. Job said in Job 14 and 1, man's days are few and full of trouble. David wrote in Psalm 27 and 5, in a time of trouble. I'm talking about the man who the word of God says was a man after God's own heart. He said in a time of trouble. Literally in the Hebrew, when trouble comes, he will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, he will hide me and he'll set me up upon a rock. At the end of his first missionary journey, Paul sought to encourage the churches that he had started. And in Acts 14, 22, he says, it's through great tribulation that we will enter into the kingdom. So I hate to burst your bubble this morning. But you can expect trouble. You can expect it because of the ram. Jesus in this uh, passage, he's not only in this first movement talking about the reality of it, but the reality of it is, is connected to the ram in which we experience it. He says, in the world, 
And, and when Jesus used this term, he's not really talking about geosphere. He's not talking about planet or globe. He's talking about a world that is a fallen world. He's talking about a world where we don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against powers and principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're talking about a world that is no friend of grace. Mahalia Jackson, you sang a song. She sang it so eloquently, so movingly, an old Negro spiritual. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. You can expect it. Jesus says, in the world, you shall have trouble. The reality of it and the ram, you can't, you can't cushion yourself from it. We live in a world where trouble can come to anybody's door. Doesn't matter what school you got your kids in. It can come anywhere. You can expect it. But text says something else, too. Not only can you expect it, you can... And I really struggle with this. I know the uh, media team is going to put, you can employ it up, and you can put that up. But in your notes, you can write, you can embrace it. See, trouble is not the last word. Because this text says that even though in this world you should have trouble, there's another realm. There's another place that you can inhabit. There's another Place. There's another relationship you can experience where on one hand you have trouble and on the other hand you can experience peace. God does not promise us that we won't experience trouble. He doesn't tell us we're not going to cry sometime. He doesn't tell us we're not going to go through a storm sometime. What God tells us is, if you trust me, I'll ride with you. I love that uh, passage in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus orders the disciples to cross over to the other side. They were never really in any danger because no boat with Jesus aboard will ever sink. No vessel, no life with Jesus aboard. No marriage, no family with Jesus at the center. Although trouble come and storms rage and winds blow will ever sink. Oh, I know it seems like he's sleeping sometimes. But at the right time, he'll wake up. And when he wake up, everything gets still. You can embrace it. God has a way of employing trouble. He allows us, when we understand who he is, to embrace it. Matthew Henry, he was a great Bible commentator. One of the most popular and long-standing biblical commentaries of all time is the Matthew Henry Bible commentary. Matthew Henry was robbed one night. And it's reported that he went home and wrote in his diary these words. He says, I thank God that I'd never been robbed before. And then he wrote, I thank God that even though they took my wallet, they didn't take my life. Then he said, I thank God that even though they took the wallet, they didn't take much. And then he said this, I thank God I was robbed 
and not that I robbed. I thank God I was robbed and not that I robbed. Joseph was talking about he experienced trouble. Sometimes trouble comes from the people we trust the most. His own brothers betrayed him, and yet at the end of it, when the trouble was over, he told his brothers, you know, God, God has a way of recycling stuff. God can recycle evil. What you meant for evil, God intended it for good. It's kind of the same thing that David is saying in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is so good at what he does, he can prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. We can embrace trouble. We can employ it. It can, it can work for us. Some of us really went to a deeper level in Scripture. In our understanding of the word, it was through trouble. Some of us learned really how to pray. We, we got past the point of worrying about verb and subject agreement and who was listening to what we said and, and how we sounded to true praying because we needed an ounce. Father, I stretch my hand to thee, nor the help I know. He says, in the world you shall have tribulation, but in me, but in me, you shall have peace. It's not peace apart from trouble, but it's peace in the midst of it. Somebody's living what I'm talking about. Trouble is there, but God has given you a confidence that it's going to be all right. You can expect it. You can employ it or embrace it, but third thing the text tells us is you can endure it. You can endure it. It says in this world you will have trouble, tribulation, but take heart. He says, I have overcome the world. A Eastern monarch ordered his wise men to craft a statement that would be true and relevant in all seasons and situations of life. The wise men went to their task with sincerity, and after a few days, they came back with these words, which the king gladly accepted. They came back with these words, and this too shall come to pass. And this too shall come to pass. I'm so glad to tell you today that trouble don't last always. We can overcome it. We can endure it because of the victory that Jesus secured on Calvary. He says, and I love the way he frames this in the passage, he says, I have overcome the world. Now understand the chronology. He's not gone to Gethsemane yet. He's not gone to Calvary yet. No empty tomb yet, but he already knows that the victory is his. And he says to the disciples, you take heart because my victory is your victory. Oh, how consoling this is to those of us who are children of God to know that the Lord 
has already fought our battles. I know the truth about trouble because I know not only can I expect it and I can embrace it because of the peace I have in relationship to God, but I can and you can endure it because we are part of that overcoming crowd. The word overcome here is a word that Paul uses in Romans 8, 37, when he says that we're not just conquerors, but we are more than conquerors. He goes on to say that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Neither death nor life, angels or principalities. Things present are things to come. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. You want to know how comprehensive this victory is. If you're one who has a relationship with the Lord, and I pray everyone here has one, then what does it mean to overcome? I've never quite seen this pattern in Scripture, but you know the book of Revelation launches with John identifying himself as a brother to those and a companion to those who are in tribulation. And then he began to write a report of what the Lord has to say to the churches. The seven churches of Asia Minor. Many expositors believe that this is these seven churches, a panoramic view of Christian history. I don't want to take time to undercover or uncover or develop that concept. But what I do see is at the end of every message to every church, there's a benediction that says, let him that hath ear hear what the Lord has to say to the churches through his Holy Spirit. And then at the end of every benediction and at the end of every message to every church, there is a word about those that overcome. I believe it's not a word just for those churches, but it's a word for every church that exists in the name of Jesus today. To the church of Ephesus, he said, those that overcome, they will be able to eat of the tree of life. To the church at Smyrna, he says, those that overcome will not be hurt by the second death. To the church at Hergamus, he said, those that overcome, they will uh, eat of the hidden manna. To the church at Thyatira, he said, those that overcome, those that overcome will have power over the nations. And then to the church of Sardis, he says, those that overcome will be covered in white raiment. Uh, to the church of Philadelphia, he said, those that overcome, they will be pillars in God's temple. And then to the church of Laodicea, he said, those that overcome, those that overcome, they will be, yes, they will, able to sit down at the throne of God. Are there any overcomers in the house? One way the word of God positions this is that when we overcome, God will make our enemies our footstool. 
He's already making your trouble your footstool. Now, when I did some research on this concept, I got two interpretations. One was to make enemies your footstool is what happens when a ancient king conquered another king and took possession or possession of their land. What they do is bring that king that was conquered before the conquering king and he'd stand up from his throne and put his foot on the back of the conquered king. Another interpretation was that the king had a royal footstool and when he conquered another king, he would take that king's signet ring. He would take that king's insignia and had it put in the footstool that was at his royal throne. And so every time he stood up on his throne and walked out on the footstool, he'd be standing on his enemies. I'm here to tell you that trouble don't last always. Jesus died on an old rugged cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. But I'm so glad, but I'm so glad he got up that first Sunday morning with all power in his hands. And if you're going through something right now, if you're going through a hard time, don't worry about it. Just turn it over to the Lord and he can work it out. I don't care what it is. He will fix it for you. And some glad morning when this life is over, we're going to stand on the footstool. We're going to stand on sickness. Going to stand on heartbreak. Going to stand on disappointment. Going to stand on our ups and downs. Going to stand on our valleys. Do I have a witness? I'm so glad God put a limitation, an expiration date on every storm. So what I came by to tell you, if you're going through something, just hold on. A child of God, just hold on, just hold on. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org. For more information about us and to obtain resources provided by TD Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.